You're listening to the We Lead Well podcast, where well-being matters. The show is brought to you in partnership with Progressive Masculinity and HeadTeacherChat.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the We Lead Well podcast. I'm Vicky Maguire. I'm an education and leadership coach and trainer. I work with school leaders to support them to improve their own well-being and that of all their staff. And I also deliver leadership training for school leaders and head teachers. And I also run group coaching programs for women leaders and have created the Women Lead Well Network to provide a supportive network for female school leaders. Basically, it's a shared space where women in education can come together, support each other and champion each other. It's a place where they can connect with like-minded women, they can share their challenges and they can be reassured that they're not on their own. The One of the main things I hear from women who join the network or who do the group coaching programmes is that they realise that they're not the only one who feels like that or thinks like that. And that's really the point of it. It's just a space where you can come and listen to the people who have the same issues and challenges that you face. I'm currently offering free membership to the Women Lead Well Network. So if you would like to join just email me and I will sign you up to the network. I would love to have you join us. Just drop me an email at vicky at weleadwell.co.uk. So today on the show, I have an interview with Ben Hobbis. Ben is a primary school teacher, but he has created... First of all, he created EdConnect, which is a network for new teachers, and he has more recently created and will launch on Saturday the Step Up Network, which is for new and aspiring leaders, middle leaders and senior leaders in school. And he is going to tell us all about that. So if you are an aspiring middle or senior leader, this is definitely the network to join. So here he is, he's going to tell you all about it and we're going to talk a little bit about how to have a difficult conversation because I know that that's something that challenges many of us as senior leaders and middle leaders in school. So here he is, Ben Hobbis. Enjoy the interview. Ben Hobbis, welcome to the We Lead Well podcast. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be welcome. here. Welcome. You're welcome. Um, I know you listen to the podcast, so it must be a, a different experience to be on the <laughs> other side of the podcasting, what would you call it? Fence? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so can you give the listeners a little bit of information about who you are and what you've done, your career to date, and all the exciting things that you're currently involved in? Because I know there's just so many. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Ben Hobbies. I'm a primary school teacher. Technically, I'm in my second year of teaching, but the year prior to qualifying, I was an unqualified teacher and academic mentor, mainly during the second COVID lockdown, whilst I was finishing my teacher training. Prior to that, I was a um, retail manager for four and a half years. So started just as um, as like a part-time worker whilst I was doing my A-levels and didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point and managed to just stay there full-time, get promoted, do lots of different roles in convenience and super, uh, stores and, and supermarkets. Um, Realised I wasn't getting the fulfilment that I really wanted and wanted to do something fulfilling. And I, and I was actually working with someone who I line managed um, in one of the stores I worked in who was training to be a teacher um, and that was her part-time job. Um, and she said, you'd be really good at 
being a teacher like I used to do a lot of the HR stuff the training inductions recruitment and she noticed how good I was at explaining things to people and she said why don't you just go get some work experience at school and see how you like it and I absolutely loved it and I chose primary over secondary because I loved that the variety um fast forward went to Birmingham City University did three-year BA honours uh teacher and as you do in a one form entry primary school you end up wearing lots and lots of hats so i've led on personal development humanities um other things like cognitive science in the classroom um, i'm a trained dsl as well and then i moved school at easter to a bigger setting just to get that experience and also to be able to learn from others as well and i've always been really keen with networking i joined twitter before i started my teacher training um, and I've also used things like Instagram and LinkedIn from a professional perspective. From that, I've set up EdConnect, which is a network for early career training and aspiring teachers, which launched during lockdown purely out of that issue with lockdown and that anxiety. And recently, which is really exciting, founded Step Up, which is a network for new and aspiring leaders in education, really more so focusing on middle and senior leaders, but all we're open to all leaders. Um, and we're launching on the 10th of June. And we've got a really exciting year ahead planned as well. Well, I cannot wait to hear all about that. So do you want to start by telling us about the, the Step Up network? Because I am yeah. really interested in this i'm sure the listeners would be you know we've got lots of potential leaders middle leaders senior leaders listening so i think it would be really interesting to them to hear about what you're doing with the step up network yeah. and i think it's interesting that the two networks that i've sort of founded and, and have the pleasure to lead and co-lead have all came out of like issues that either i've encountered or people have encountered so step up sort of came out that I was a class teacher in Waffle Venture Primary School, had the support, had the development, really enjoyed being a leader, really enjoyed being a teacher, but recognised I was still quite early in my career and I had a lot to learn. Um, and I ultimately recognised that if I want to be a really school leader, I want to be the best teacher I can be to, to be able to do that. And I was struggling to find that balance between making sure my class, I was managing my class, and obviously that was my first priority, but then also to do these other things across, yeah. across the school. And there was obviously other people in the school with middle leadership positions, but probably not people who had sort of the same level of responsibility as me. And I was looking for other people like me. And it wasn't until I started reaching out to people, say through Twitter, that I sort of said, oh, uh, does anyone else feel like this, that you're trying to be the best teacher? Because I knew I wanted to be a leader. And I know some people actually, the leadership just happens to them. They don't set out to become a leader um, of, of anything, but they end up getting something. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people can not enjoy it, but I was really enjoying it. And I wanted to still enjoy both. So I wanted to enjoy being in the classroom, but also enjoy being out of the classroom, impacting on other classrooms. And the way it came about was I had a conversation with um, Teach First. So Teach First, who I know lots of us have heard about. I didn't do Teach First myself, but they have a team of network connectors, they're called, who work as part of their ambassador community. So they're alumni and they support people in building networks. They don't run the networks themselves. They sort of coach and mentor and support the networks. And Ed Connect, which was the other network I mentioned, which was for the those in their early career and training, when we launched that about a year into it teach first reached out to us and said oh we've seen what you're doing we really like it would you like some support like you can have all the autonomy you run the network but we're here 
at, at the back if you need us. Um, and I had a conversation with the network connector at Teach First who looks after the leadership networks. And I said, do you have a network for middle leaders? And they were like, no, we don't. We, we, we've got a networks for senior leaders, heads, exec heads. We've also got subject-based networks if you're in that secondary sphere. But if you say, for example, go from being a, a head of languages to an assistant head teacher, but if you're part of a languages network, that's not going to sort of serve you. So I had a bit of a think about it, and then that's sort of where it's born from. Um, and yeah, and we're launching on the 10th of June. Uh, we've got a fantastic launch event lined up, and we're going to announce lots of other events and activity that we've got planned for the next year um, at the end of that event as well, which is really exciting. And it's sort of open to everyone. There's no like core membership. You sign up to the newsletter, you follow us on Twitter, you attend an event look at the website just that sort of following and dipping in and out as and when you feel you need it it's amazing that you've done this whilst being a primary school teacher ben i have to say and yeah. i'm very impressed that you've got this up and running so if people want to join the step up network they need to go on the website and they can join there yeah so you can sign up if you follow us on twitter which is at step up net and then it's underscore ed just so that people know it's an education network um and on there you'll get the link to our website and on our website there's links to the newsletter so we send a newsletter out once a month we don't spam anyone um and within that that includes all updates um including events how we collaborate with other organizations other opportunities blog posts so we've got um blog which we're trying to hopefully get one blog a week released. Anyone can write a blog about anything to do with school leadership. And it's really interesting because our first blog after our launch that's going out tomorrow from someone outside of our network is from someone who is in America who wanted to share something. So it's, it's reached beyond the UK in some cases that people want to share, which is really nice. But yeah, you can you can also get involved by attending the events. So the events will be on our Eventbrite page again. All of this is linked on the front page of the website, um, which is on the Twitter profile as well. I mean, you obviously feel like Twitter is a really powerful networking platform. How how have you used Twitter to get people connected and start creating networks? I think it's it's really interesting with social social using social networking and, and I think one thing that I wanted to really embody and I remember Hannah Wilson talking about something to do with this on on a podcast or on a, a presentation I heard her say like you know if you worked in the corporate sector if I stayed in the retail sector I would have probably been given time to go and network I would have gone to networking drinks or this event here and we'll give we'll let you go early and you can spend that two hours whereas in teaching you sort of have to do it as that add-on um and I think that's one thing that we that I really wanted to change which is why when we launched EdConnect we found that quite hard and we didn't use Twitter initially we used Instagram um, and we found that we actually had a much bigger following and we've continued to have a much bigger following of trainee aspiring and early career teachers through Instagram than we did on Twitter and it's because some people have this misconception that teacher edu, edu Twitter can be quite toxic and all these things mm. happen and yes people have disagreements and all that which happens on any form of social media yeah. but there can sometimes be that misconception around it and I think that one way that I've found by doing it is to 
And I remember when I met with Vivian Porritt once talking about what we were doing with some of our networks. And she says, oh, we have to network the networks. Um, and it's that phrase that stayed with me like for three years, which I love about go, just going out on social media, find, connecting with those people that you, your values align with, your views align with. But it's also healthy to have people who don't have that that and have that professional challenge and discussion and also making sure you're building that diverse network of people in terms of diversity of thought and views but also diversity in sense of like the protected characteristics and that sort of way so I remember one of I don't know why I searched this but I remember seeing a hashtag when I first started my Twitter called hashtag trendy teachers which is where teachers used to just post pictures of themselves and what they were wearing to work but that was for some reason was the way I started following people um, and then got introduced to lots of other networks. One of the networks I followed was Women Ed, partly because one of the co-founders, Kezia Featherstone, was my deputy head teacher at school. So right. I recognised recognize the name and I probably came in and that's where my sort of interest in networking and inclu inclusive, inclusive allyship and, and stuff came in because I was following networks like that and I was actually educating myself on something that I wasn't educated about. And from that, I've just been able to grow and grow this network of people of all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different roles. And I think sometimes people probably in my position being very early in the career think, oh, well, I can't DM that person because they're a CEO or they're a head teacher. Where actually people are very open to that. And I think it's the way that you can then get um, development for yourself, connections and just opportunities really and I think yeah if you're in that private sector that's happening all the time through these formal like organized things which in in, in education it can be seen as a bit of a, an add-on I think it's starting to come through with things like the the ECF and the MPQs and that that encourages yeah. that networking um through the networking events and stuff they organize um but it's nice to have these opportunities as well I think what do you think the benefits to people will be of joining the Step Up Network in terms of aspiring leaders? I think in some cases it's just good to have people like you um, and people that, that so you feel seen and that you feel heard. You might be in a school where everyone, it might be a school that isn't the right place for you to develop. It might be the school, uh, there might be not, it might not. It might be that the opportunities just aren't there. It mm. might be that there's roles out there that you're not aware of, that your school haven't opened up to you yet, even very early in your career. And I think sometimes there can be a bit of resentment from people when they see younger, newer teachers who are still quite early in their career going for, I'm not necessarily going for roles, but seeing that leadership is something they want to do and people shouldn't feel ashamed to do that some people might join the step up network or engage with step up network and realize actually no leadership isn't for me but they might find something else that is for them they might think oh well actually i want to stay in the classroom but i'd like to be a mentor or i'd like to be a coach or or something like that um and also within that i think there's lots of roles that people aren't aware of so now with the growth of multi-academy trust, the launch of the MPQs, the, the ECF, and all this work around sort of teacher development that's happening, you are seeing trust-wide CPD leader roles, school improvement roles. And I know my sort of, where I want my career to go is I always want to have a role that helps focus on development of people. And I think that comes from a retail background because I did lots of HR work then, but some people might not even be aware of those roles. Some people might not be aware of the MPQs. Some, and, and, and I think, that's one thing that can be, be 
beneficial, but also just having that group of people outside of your school who you can speak to, um, have al build allies with in terms of if you're in that school, if you're potentially in that toxic school, as you often hear that, and, and but you want to progress, like having those people you can just bounce off um, and having that confidentiality, we really want. And if you go on our website, one of the first things it says under our networking section is we want this to be a safe space where people can feel that they can, we can empower you and support you to make up whatever step up that you want to make. It's not about getting people to go right to the top. It's about what it means for you to step up. Um, and stepping up doesn't necessarily mean to have a certain title. Um, it might be development. It might be just having that right place to grow as well. I think there's a good opportunity as well, isn't there? Probably for people to share their experiences of applications. Yeah interviews things like that yeah. because i think it's a really i feel like it's a difficult step for a lot of people to take i struggled initially to move from middle leadership to senior leadership yeah. because once you get to that point there are a lot of people applying for not so many jobs yeah. and it can be difficult if you don't have the experience you don't know what to put in a letter or to, how to write your letter you don't know what types of questions i get so many people doing the mpq I, I do the leadership performance coach role for mpq and i get lots of people saying i've got an interview what questions will they ask yeah but i think somewhere like that is a good place to get a much broader it's a while since i've done an assistant head interview and or interviewed for an assistant head so it's uh it's much more relevant isn't it if someone can say yeah just had an interview these were the questions that i was asked or yeah i've got this letter that i'll share with you if you want it, it's yeah. a good space yeah definitely and i mean that's one of the events that we're going to announce we have got an online workshop purely around that job application interview process and we're, we're the way that we're going to structure the event is sort of taking you through that the first point of knowing when to move on and when to step up through to negotiating your terms conditions and pay um where relevant um, because like you said interviews can all be very different as well schools do them very differently yeah. even for class teacher role if I compare my current school that I joined at Easter to my previous school actually the process was very different in the way we designed the process and that's why one of the key themes that we want our speakers or blog writers to speak to is something we're calling leadership journeys we're focusing on five areas in terms of what our network activity is based around in terms of our events and things like blogs and social media posts and so on and one of the five is that is that leadership journey that people go on but also the lead, another area is leadership barriers and how to navigate them um because yeah it, it to go from a, a head of department or a phase lead role if you're in primary school to assistant headship is very yeah it's very different it's daunting isn't it i i've mm done coaching sessions with people who are wanting to take that step up to assistant headship but they're really worried that they don't have the experience will I be able to do it it's going to be really difficult I'll, I'll, I'll not know what I'm doing but if you've got other people who are just taking on those roles like they're new into those leadership roles that's much more reassuring for you isn't it that you can I, I said to someone the other day like pick up the phone nobody picks up the phone yeah. anymore really do they but yeah, that you yeah. can just message someone and say this yeah. happened and someone else is going to say oh that happened to me and yeah. you can share your experiences in that yeah. way yeah exactly and that's what with this event that we are going to announce at our launch event we're going to have in terms of speakers 
a mixture of the people doing the interviews, as in the, the interviewer, but also the people, the interviewee. And we reached out and we had quite a bit, of, uh, quite a few people come back. And we basically said, who's had an interview this year for a middle and senior leader role that either would like to speak and share or write a blog about? their experiences um, and we've got some people talking at some of our face-to-face -face events we've got planned next year about that struggle to get an assistant headship for having to you know do five interviews and still potentially not have it and then what do you do kind of thing um, but yeah and also we're, we're going to be setting up um, like a chat group uh, chat groups which is what people in our network have asked for and again that's there so that people can just put in that group uh, I've been shortlisted for this role. Uh, I'm just, what What do you think people could prepare, uh, prepare for? And there might be someone else in that group who's got that same role in a totally different school. Um, and it's all about building those connections so that people can learn, develop, and, and become confident as well in their abilities. Because a lot of people stepping up, a lot of it comes out of not having that confidence or having that imposter syndrome. And one of the speakers we've got at our launch event on Saturday, um, JC, she's a phase leader in a primary school, quite a young leader, um, and she's talking about her journey and how she's navigated imposter syndrome, which I think will resonate with probably everyone watching that yes. event at some point <laughs> in their life, um, and probably everyone who sees that event. So I think it's really, um, really important that we we have that honesty, we have that safe space, but and also that confidence to share as well. And I think it will help people to develop their resilience as well, recognising that it's not just you who's had to have five, six, seven or eight interviews for mm -hmm. an assistant head role. There are lots of other people out there who've had six interviews and then got the job on the seventh interview. So when you don't get it the third or fourth or fifth time even, you can look at what they've done and see that as an example of, right, I'm not going to give up. I can, yeah. I can carry on with this and it, it's not easy. And you can see other people's experiences and that could just build the resilience of more people to go into leadership because yeah. i think like we need more we need you talk about the men teaching primary and one of my focuses is trying to get more female leaders on senior leadership teams and ultimately into headships you know probably more so in in high schools but mm -hmm. i think this is a good way of supporting people in those roles to want to take on a more senior role yeah definitely. and having the confidence to do it yeah and i mean we've been quite um, aware of that in terms of getting speakers for our events because we are aware that we are in a um a profession where we have more females than male teachers in general but we know that actually in terms of particularly secondary especially at that headship level that then males are the more dominating percentage than than females and so we've tried to really ensure that we've got that balance of making sure we're representing the profession um and also we've connected with women ed in that sense that we've tried to have plan a women ed presence at each event and we've got some really fantastic senior leaders executive leaders who are involved in the network who are female and we want to to showcase that as well as showcasing yeah like the, the men teaching in primary school but at middle leadership level because that's that's where it tend the figures tend to change that the men come out of the classroom go on to become head teachers in primary um so yeah so making sure that we are one of the areas we're also focused on is leadership diversity or in some cases yeah, it's just diversity and yeah. it's really important that we we are aware of that as a network whilst we're not a network like say 
women ed, BAME ed, diverse ed, that's primarily looking at a diversity focus, that we collaborate and connect with those organisations that can support people in underrepresented groups on their journey as well as step up alongside them. And I think that's really important. That was going to be the next <laughs> the next question I asked him in terms of how do you encourage that diversity or how will you ensure that there is diverse representation of and how you will support people from you know with certain protected characteristics to actually take that step up because it is prohibitive to a number of groups of people currently isn't it yeah definitely and i think that's one thing we've been um aware of again in terms of our event lineups making sure that they are diverse in every sense of the word of what we know about the people who are a part of our um network because obviously there's that visible diversity but they're also invisible diversity that you don't know unless you really know that person really well and um, but we've made sure we've connected with organizations like women ed black men teach we've got their two co-founders who are um, speaking at our event separately um, we've also connected with hannah wilson and the team at diverse educators um, who've obviously got a great directory of other networks that they're involved with and making sure that we are building those connections um, and as part of our website one thing that we've done um, our supporting section we have within there a leadership directory so our leadership directory is if you want to go on and you're looking for a leadership book blog podcast which we lead well is listed on there we'd be glad to Excellent. hear um, <laughs> Uh, coaches and also other networks so those five areas that you might just access step up as a network through just going on that directory and on there we've got a great range of networks that support the uh, different people uh, representing the different protected characteristics but this is also where it comes our partnership with teach first and support from teach first and their network development team comes in because they have networks themselves for um, the different protected characteristics and the, the different areas of representation. So there's lots of opportunities, there's lots of networks out there and it's about us as a network acting as a signposting point as well to other people, to people in those underrepresented groups to also support them, that it's not just that you often are supported by one network of people. If you're, if you're being engaging with one network and you can't be what you can't see, um, then, then, then that network's not for you, and we want to make sure that we we are we are embracing diversity and inclusion, and create creating that sense of belonging for all of our community. Um, and a lot of it is through encouragement. I had one person who said to me, "Oh, but I'm not a very good speaker," and, and they were from an underrepresented group, and I was like no you're not saying that you're speaking that sort of thing and just giving them that encouragement to go and do it and i said what you want to share and they sort of told me what they were going to share and i said that is really important i think lots of people would resonate with that and actually if you're not going to share it no one else will and i think it, a lot of it is about one thing that i've got a lot of pleasure out in terms of networks is being able to provide other opportunities for people rather than it's given me fantastic opportunities but it's, it's what's even more rewarding is being able to help support someone being confident and coaching them to to speak and and to, to have their say and to yeah just in, amplify what they've got to share so you've got the launch on saturday yes what can you tell us about it and how can people come along to it before we find out more about the launch of the Step Up Network, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our partner, 
Head Teacher Chat. Head Teacher Chat discusses lots of topics from how to support pupils with learning, how to support parents, and the many issues that come with leading a school. The aim of Head Teacher Chat is to support head teachers and school leaders who are in a challenging and often lonely role. They do this by offering lots of information for schools to tap into. For example, they have lots of fantastic education companies on their database for leaders to discover, as well as leadership templates to download. They've written product reviews for leaders who are looking for products for their school. And this year, they've even launched the very first school leader planner, especially designed to help leaders to be productive and organised. If you'd like to hear more about Head Teacher Chat, you can find them on their website at www.headteacherchat.com. Head Teacher Chat. It's what head teachers are talking about. Now let's get back to the interview. So we have got for our launch event, initially it was only going to be, it was going to be much shorter than this. We had loads of people who wanted to speak um, and we couldn't say no. So um, we um, have got an event on Saturday morning. It is quite long. It's from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, but one thing that we're doing, it's a virtual event, um, StreamYard onto YouTube, um, but you can dip in and out of it. And what we plan to do post-event is to um, split the event into the different people's presentations. Um, so we've got um, 14 speakers um, from a range of roles, and we've tried to get a mixture of primary and secondary. We have got more secondary because of the, the wider range of roles, particularly at middle leadership level in terms of yeah. your, pastoral, your, your curriculum-based, your inclusion-based roles, which isn't as similar to primary. Um, and we've got people ranging from middle leaders through to head teachers. Um, uh, we've got some cross trust based um, people joining us as well. Um, and each person is speaking for 10 minutes on an area of leadership that they are interested in. Um, so we've got someone talking about imposter syndrome. We've got someone talking about non-linear career paths. So they've continued to actually step up to senior leadership than they might have. I don't like saying the word step down, but stepped across to middle leadership and then step back up um, and realising that that path isn't as simple as going duh, 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 all the way up. Um, we've got someone talking about um, leading through their minority lens. So someone from an underrepresented group who's going to share how they've used their diversity um, to their advantage and, 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 and stuff, which I think is going to be, as an ally, it's going to be really interesting to listen. And um, we've got someone talking about neurodivergent leadership. They're a SENCO, but they're also um, have got ADHD. So how they, uh, as someone who serves and supports people with ADHD and other um, needs and disabilities, that, that they how they lead that themselves. So there's so many different people speaking. Um, and I think what's really exciting is we're going to be announcing our events for the forthcoming year at the end of that launch event. And we're going to actually announce that on the event and we're not going to post it on social media or our website until the day after. So people watching that event will get first dibs on tickets. Some of our events are quite small lead meets. Um, when we first surveyed people who were interested in engaging with our network, people wanted a mixture of that development, but also that social networking. So we're trying to do a mixture of the two and we're going to trial a couple of event, event formats next year and then at the end of next year the the network committee that lead the the network are going to look at what worked and what didn't work and um, the event is completely free um so anyone can join there's there are tickets being sold but that's more so that people can get the link directly to them but we will be posting the link on the twitter 
um okay. as well so people will be able to engage with it that way and there'll be lots of conversations on twitter on saturday as well great so i can't ask you about all the exciting things you've got planned for the coming year then because you're going to be announcing those on saturday yeah, so so <laughs> we will be announcing speakers in some places we have got ben we've got locations but in some cases we haven't got a venue so we're we're announcing lots of sort of save the date um type um things um one thing i will be able to tell you is that our first in-person event will be in birmingham um, in the autumn um and at that on on saturday we will actually be releasing the tickets for that event there's only 24 tickets so if people in the midlands area um wow. want to come it's going to be quite a small event whereas we are then planning say later in the year um in the south of the uk we're going to do one but host it in a school um so like i said that trialing of different event formats just to see what people how it works um it might be that both formats work but we need to completely rethink it um but yeah there's we've got about uh we've got two virtual events and three face-to-face -face events planned so far um so it'll be really exciting to to see people there um not all the tickets will be released on that saturday it might be that we, we will tell you when they're released a lot of them will be sort of towards the end of the academic year so people can pre-plan um to get to join us well it sounds very exciting i can't wait to find out all the amazing things that you've got planned and when i do you'll have to let me know and then i can let people know yes I will on the do. podcast Thank you. Thank what, you. what events you've got planned um, now previously just just before you would you were talking about how you were a retail manager for four and a half years mm -hmm. and i always like to include on the podcast ways that school leaders can develop their leadership and one of the things that i know i was thinking when you were asking about blogs i thought i could probably write you a blog on on holding others to account mm. but you you mentioned how in that role in retail you were the customer service senior manager mm -hmm. and how that's helped you in your role to deal with some difficult conversations and i thought what an ideal opportunity to get some advice from you and some knowledge on because i think this is a thing that when i work on the npq even on npqh it comes up every single mm -hmm. time yeah. difficult conversations and holding people to account and i think that difficult difficult conversation um let's call it a curious conversation mm -hmm. but dealing with parents or dealing with difficult staff is always it's the perennial issue isn't it yeah. school leaders really struggle with it um so it would be great if you could share with us some of the some of the things that you learned about that in your retail because i suppose if you're dealing with customer complaints all the time you must you know you must i suppose develop a, a big toolbox when it comes to being yeah. able to approach things like that yeah and i think it's interesting so in my first ever retail role um it was a role that i started whilst i was doing my a level so i worked there part-time um i was one of the youngest members of staff there and i ended up getting promoting promoted to like a, a duty manager um team leader kind of role but we didn't have a deputy manager at the time for about six to eight months so i took on some of the deputy manager role and the other supervisor said to me right you can deal with the rotex i'm fed up of staff moaning to me and i'm fed up of having all these conversations with staff um and i was more of a people person than him and we had quite complementary strengths so our store manager was like yep you do that ben um 
And I was managing people my parents' age or above my parents' age and had to have some really difficult conversations. The store that I was in, in terms of staffing, was not in a good place. We hadn't got very good sort of culture, um, performance, poor performance had just not been challenged for years by previous managers, absence had not been challenged. And I had to have some really difficult conversations. And then 10 minutes later, I'd be stood on a till next to them, like working as if nothing had happened. Um, and it was really that in having that experience so early in my career and at a very young age really helped sort of toughen me up. I'm not someone that is like shies away from difficult conversations i can be assertive but i'm also quite a sociable people person i like i used to when i was in all my retail roles like to lead from the front and be on the shop floor around the customer around the around um staff and that was always my motivator and i think that's why when i moved then into working for a supermarket and in the structure of the supermarket i had you always tend to have three or four people in the senior team with the store manager and the customer service senior manager role, which included line managing the checkouts and the customer service functions and the admin functions, no senior manager ever wanted. A lot <laughs> of senior managers had never really worked on a checkout. They might be trained on a till, but a lot of people had like more of a specialist background. So they might have been a trained butcher or they might have done the, worked on the grocery department or the night team. And it was very unusual. I remember when I was, became the senior customer service manager, um, known as a duty, was known as the duty manager. Um, at the time and um, the checkout manager said to me oh we've never had anyone like you like someone who actually wants to come down to the checkouts and help us out like whenever we call anyone else like they never turn up <laughs> it was it was that sort of thing and I was like, okay do you know what, what you're describing I'm thinking there are so many similarities between that and a school aren't there mm, yeah every yeah. time when people talk about leadership I think it doesn't matter what organization yeah. you're in it's the same it's the same sort of thing isn't it yeah and i think like that was the thing like i had to i was and this where like I, i've transferred a lot of this to my previous head teacher had said you're really good at dealing with parents when they're when they've got a complaint or something like you're really good at calming them down you remain really calm and they might you might be quite annoyed with what they're saying but you would never guess um whereas i think particularly from one of the retail stores i worked in the mentality was to argue back with the customer and I sort of had to coach that service team and sort of say to them, well, I'm not being funny, but you're being funny with them because they've been overcharged 50p. Give them 50p, it's not your money. As long as you process it right, that's fine. But ultimately they're gonna to complain to head office. They'll get a 10 pound voucher, which come out of our budget. You'll get disciplined because it's complaining. What's the, what's the point in worth it? And that doesn't mean to bow down to people by all means, but it's been really good. Whenever I've had a, a challenging conversation with parents, I've always said to them, and similar with staff, I've said, right, I can't promise I can do everything you want me to do, but what do you, what would your ideal outcome be from this conversation? So it's just like when you have, say, two members of staff uh, and they've got a grievance with one another, sometimes they don't, they just need someone to blurt it off to or make leaders aware. But in some cases, people want that resolution. It's like, okay, so what do you want? What 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 is this resolution we're looking for? And I think that's the thing. If you can have that open conversation, that honesty, but also maintain that that professionalism as well. I've worked with some managers where those difficult conversations that happen, then they blur and tell everyone else all about it. And but there's so many similarities, like you say, in lots of different industries, of yeah, those those fierce conversations that that you can have and and how to how to navigate them. And I think it's one thing that a lot of new leaders in any organisation really struggle with or get quite scared of. And actually, to the point where they can be put off going for a role because of 
of not wanting to do that or they end up doing the role and not doing it very well because they they don't have that resilience or confidence to go and to go and do it and there's not a lot of training is there no. in managing those types of conversations no. and, and I, think, uh, I think sometimes you learn from when you you're involved in them maybe from the other side and often when they're done badly or they go wrong yes. and you think like oh if i was having that conversation what would i have done differently and i think i've sometimes i've not really been in many of those conversations where i've thought oh gosh but i have or I've, but i have witnessed some as well and you just think oh i think you can handle that differently and i think that's the thing with leadership isn't it you you look at the leaders around you and you pick all the bits that you like about them and you model that in yourself um, and then the bits you don't like you leave out and then you also make sure you bring a bit of you and a bit of spark and i think that's where that authenticity comes if you're not being authentic you're, you're you're going to feel uncomfortable and you're the leader um and i think you've got to get that balance of yeah those good and bad bits uh, and the, the awareness of the bad bits and the, that authenticity as well and i do think like there are like you said there are techniques that you can use that you can teach people mm -hmm. when you're dealing with with a conversation like how do you keep calm in a in a conversation how do you because often i think as human beings we we feed off each other's emotions don't yeah. we so it's really difficult when a parent comes in and they're very highly strung and they're you know really irritated i think the person who's dealing with that person can sometimes mirror their yeah their emotions it's difficult isn't it to keep yeah. yourself grounded yeah and i think that a lot of that comes from i think my my family and friends would find this hilarious but i've been told that i'm a very good listener um and i think um, they might not agree but i think <laughs> that one of the things you have to do is be a really good listener and in some cases i think where it can turn into a bit of a, a bit of an argument a bit more heated is where people tend to bite back with things and often it's out of defense or, or annoyance that and i think it's especially when say people complaining about things especially in terms of schools we know how hard teachers work we know how hard leaders work we know how hard this industry is this sector is and then when people complain about it and often people who don't have any experience of that of working in that sector people can get quite like heightened and then someone will say something if you bite back and say something then often it turns into a bit of a match of biting back and i think one of the things i've learned is to just listen and in some cases all people need and some of some parents and carers i've worked with they sometimes mm -hmm. just need someone to talk to and just yeah. air their 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 concern if you're that child's teacher or you're that most trusted adult that that parent's got that relationship with or staff member or, or whatever or customer in retail but actually that just listening and taking it all in and yes you might not want to listen to it you might not agree with anything that that person has said but actually you've shown if you've shown you've listened to that person that might actually make that situation so much easier because like i said some people are just looking for that offload it's then important that you easily have that offload as well that taking all that on can sometimes be quite a bit especially when it comes to more personal things but if you if, as long as you manage that then you'll probably find that it's much more successful and I think that's really, really important, isn't it? Someone can come in and be on the ceiling. And if mm -hmm. you just sit quietly and let them go through what their issues are, they will, by the end of whatever they're saying, if you just wait and wait and wait for them to finish, mm -hmm. they will they will yeah. come down, won't they? Yeah. One of the one of the things I always use to, to say to people is once they come down to that point, I would say, 
I could understand how you would be feeling so frustrated. Mm, yeah. I recognise your frustration. Yeah. I can understand how awful it must be for you to be feeling so disappointed or whatever it is. And often just sometimes for you to recognise what they're feeling yeah. can make a massive difference yeah. because they go, oh, this person gets me, right? And yeah. you can completely change yeah. their attitude. And I think me listening to you there, then it just reminds me, this is what we do with children every day. And exactly. Actually, and, you know, <laughs> exactly. Like, we know that, you know, children, when they're upset, especially with me, we like really little children, um, some cases, I'm just like, okay, I'll just sit with you for a bit and listen to you, offload to you. Or sometimes like with my, with some of the younger children I teach, like my year ones, I've got, I've got a child that I'll say, oh, draw me a picture about how you feel. Let's talk through that picture. And, and yeah, and just having that time, time is one of the things, you know, time is so precious that that listening and that time for people, because often what we can sometimes say is when we're dealing particularly with those difficult conversations, we'll put it off. We'll either put it off that we need to have this difficult conversation with a member of staff, or if say it's a parent's rung up, I'll call them tomorrow, or I'll do that. But actually, if you just nip it in the bud, do it there and then, showing them that time, always checking in that that's an okay time, um, and planning that, as long as you do it quite succinctly, actually that alleviates a lot of the problems. If you've left a conversation three days to be had, that'll annoy the person if they know you're going to have that conversation with them. Um, but also it's harder for you if you've been bottling this up and turning it over in your mind. Sometimes it's just better to go and do it. And yes, it might be a disaster, but equally it could be a real success. And it's hard for it's hard for parents as well, I think, when they're coming into a school to speak to mm -hmm. a teacher or a senior member of staff. It can be quite intimidating and they can work themselves up into a real lather about it, can't they? Yeah. The longer you leave them, the more likely they are to be feeling anxious about it yeah. and get into more of a state about something yeah. than if you deal with it there and then. Definitely. And I think in terms of parents, if their schooling experience has been quite negative themselves and equally and equally just thinking then about staff, if you've got a member of staff who's, you know, like an ECT or a trainee and this is their first proper job and you're having to have a difficult conversation with them or, or they're, they're, they want to make a complaint about something and they want to raise it, this could be their first ever experience of it. And depending on how that is handled, will really have that outlook into their world of work um that, that that they end up having and i think as well when you're dealing with with parents often the parents who come in worked up are angry the parents mm. you need to build relationships with yeah and definitely. you can see that conversation as an opportunity to build a relationship mm. as, as the parent came in you know i did say oh mrs mcguire and i'd always say just call me vicky yeah and and it's about just breaking down the barriers yeah. if you can i think you gave a really good piece of advice before when when you've listened to them and they have come down off the ceiling and you've recognized how they're feeling and and showed that you understand that to then say what what outcome would you like from this conversation mm -hmm. puts the ball in their court doesn't yeah. it and it allows yeah. them to say well i want you to let my daughter come to school wearing earrings or whatever yeah. and for nobody to be saying every time she goes in the classroom take your earrings out mm. and then you know you know where you stand with things yeah. and you can say right okay yeah. this is this is my perspective now and it, it can just settle things down and we have to remember i know you gave the example of someone who's been overcharged by 50p mm. but this is people's children isn't it yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. it's not just an issue of yeah. i've been overcharged it's a yeah, yeah this yeah. is my child 
for in some cases, you know, like you said, putting that ball in their court. I remember one parent I I dealt with, um, and I said what I asked that question to them. Said, "Oh, I don't want anything else to happen. I just want wanted someone to listen to me, some someone in the school to listen to me." And I thought, oh, "Okay, brilliant. Okay, so we resolve this by me inviting you in and just having a chat for fifteen minutes and having a cup of tea." And, and it's resolved and we and in my, that was a good thing about um in, the, in my previous school i've not had as many i've not i hadn't had that many encounters with parents my new school because i've not been there very long in my previous school we were always getting parents in for those pre-planned opportunities but also that responsive opportunity when we knew some of our more anxious parents or or parents that we we wanted to build relationships with and we just say oh well come if you ever want to come down and have a coffee the head teacher was really great at modeling this he would say you know just cool down and if I'm free I'm free if I'm not I'm not but they'll tell you when I am um, and I think that's really important and the same we, that we do that for staff that we just invite staff in and I think particularly new staff are, my new school I was invited in within two weeks and the head teacher had a chat with me about how things were going and and also what my future development and stuff and it was it was lovely to have that opportunity like as like going back to that previous point about how precious time is but if you can give someone even just five minutes of your time it really makes them feel valued as well. And that's like you were saying when, you know, when you're working in the retail environment or the supermarket, going down to the tills and actually mm. having the conversations with the people who are down there on the, you know, on the floor, on the yeah. ground, so to speak. And it's the same in leadership in schools, isn't it? You, mm. you know, for me, the number one thing is building relationships. And yeah. you can't do that by sitting in your office. No. You've got to be out there talking to staff having yeah. those conversations and showing uh, an interest yeah. in people i liked when i read um drew povey's book that he wrote and he did a chapter and i think it was based on hewlett packard i think it was when they had a thing called management by wondering about that they called it where their senior management would wonder the offices or factories or whatever and he called it in his school leadership by wondering about and he said when he first did it like especially like an NQT would be like, oh, the head teachers come to me. They must think I'm rubbish or something. They come to check up on me. And actually said, no, I want to know who the most, you know, troublesome children, most challenging children in the school, challenging classes. So I'm the head teacher. I should I should know that. And I thought that was really interesting that that leadership by wondering about just having that presence again in any organization. Because I remember, and this again would happen in a school, and I know it happens in schools, is when I remember when I did it in my, this supermarket when I went down and I just kept on walking around to like the tills that was the, the team I was managing and the looks I got of astonishment that there was a senior manager there like just wondering up and down or like when they rang their till buzzer and they needed a supervisor I went over rather than the supervisor like what, what's he doing like they, you could tell the, the looks were like what is he doing um but then it got me a load of respect from those people and that relationship had been built that they thought then oh i can really trust that person or i know if i've got a problem whether that be a problem with me or a problem with someone else a customer in the school case a parent a child that person is there to back me up and i think that's what we're constantly looking for from leaders in any organization that there is that backing there's that support that relationship that care um, and then it's genuine and then it's not just oh i'm showing my face because i've got to yeah i've written down leadership by wandering about i've not read that drew povey book i've read this book when the clouds come but uh maybe maybe i should read that but leadership by wandering about is yeah so it's a chapter in his book called educating drew um, ah, right yeah. yeah and i remember reading that and i was just ah, oh, okay yeah i like that 
Yeah. Have you listened to Drew Povey's episodes on the podcast? I have, really, yes. Yeah, yeah. Really good. I need to get him back on, actually. He's yeah. not been on for a while, so I need to I need to see what he's up to. So for you, what what what's the next step? How how do you plan on sort of building the network? Where are you going next? Are you still working with Ed Connect and supporting yeah, all not... your new teachers and yeah, so still working with uh, like all the networks. I'm also in my previous school. Um, I was the personal development lead. That was my first piece of responsibility. And I uh, reached out to the Personal Development UK network and I've, I've sort of been involved in them. I spoke at their, at their event and stuff. And I think for me, it's, I mean, I've created a lot of networks for the benefit of other people. And I've probably myself not used the benefits myself of having this network. And I think I'm only starting to see that now. I remember when I... Um, when I reached out to some people about it's things like when you're going for a job interview for my next new teacher's job, I was teaching a year six class. I've never taught year six before. Um, and I reached out on Twitter and the amount of people and support I got from that was fantastic. And that, that was a benefit for me. And I think that as my career moves on and as I develop that, that I want my network to, to support and develop me just like I would support and develop them. And I think that's the great thing that you can have these meaningful conversations where they're virtually like me and you now or whether it's more like over a dm um and i think that's something that i see growing um ed connect we're very different in terms of step up we're very much more a virtual network um and we we mainly operate out of social media and events and um, where a step up is nice because people want that blend of face to face and and um virtual and i don't i've only ever been to one face-to-face -face education event and that was the personal development network conference in march of this year and we met up the night before it was hosted in birmingham which is where i live um but a lot of the people were coming down from the northwest and it was really nice we had tapas we had drinks and actually that networking like i said even in the corporate sector you're doing that all the time um but it, that's not happening it, it doesn't happen as often in education and it was just really nice and it really taught me the meaning of being together with people virtually finding those people that you align with um, and that's why we step up i was really glad to see that when we surveyed people they wanted that too they wanted that mixture of face-to-face -face and 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 um virtual um and i think for myself personally i'm just i'm really enjoying being in a new school i'm i went from a one form entry school to a three form entry school um initially as an additional teacher um so I currently am the additional year six teacher, so I'm the fourth year six teacher and I do PPA cover. And that was something that was really astonishing, like going working across a school. It's been great yeah. going so far into a school so late. And I remember um, Christala Jamil, um, who I've connected with quite well, I had a, meet, a virtual meeting with her and we were just having a catch up. We, we, we were going to talk about Step Up, but we actually spent less time talking about Step Up and more time about what each of us were doing in our personal professional lives. And she said, she says, you know what, don't sell yourself short about being a PPA teacher, because often in a primary school, she said, it can be sell, sold as like a short straw. She goes, and, she, and she actually shared a lot of the schools that she'd been ahead at she'd gone in uh, an easter start uh, so quite late in the year and she would often for ppa cover deploy her senior leaders instead of having them class-based she'd deploy assistant deputy heads she said some schools she said those schools needed policing she said 
from a behavior point of view but also in some cases you know sometimes you need to do that from a staffing point of view i'm not saying that's what she said in terms of her school but like she said actually to go like one day for example on a thursday i go from year six in the morning straight down to year one in the afternoon and that's a massive jump i've gone from dealing with children nearly in secondary school through to ones who yeah who are, are very young and i love I, lo I love the variety and it sort of taught me the how adaptable i am and that was something i had some really nice feedback from one of our deputy heads where i'd gone in and covered another year one of the other year one classes at short notice and he said that confidence that you've developed over the couple of weeks you've been here from going from one year group in the morning to another one in the afternoon actually shows how adaptable we are and actually that set, sets you in good stead like for, for future roles whether that be teaching and, and or a leader as a leader who who has the opportunity to teach across in yeah. secondary that's something that's yeah. just part of your bread and butter you teach year seven to eleven or year seven yeah. to thirteen or whatever it is so you've had that experience but yeah. in primary school often you end up in a key stage don't you and yeah it, it to have that experience of i don't know if you go down to reception ever but even like early years key stage yeah. one key stage two to have that in your experience going into leadership yeah. as a senior leader in a primary school i imagine is absolutely priceless yeah and i think one thing for me going into such a large organization so i've gone from a school where there was about 25 staff to one where there's probably 75 um including everyone and the school itself is massive so when you go into the building the year five and six part is actually straight in the reception area and if i'd have just joined as a year six teacher i probably would have spent most of my time there and in yeah. the staff but actually, I've probably developed so many fantastic relationships with the teachers and also been out, been able to go out and about and observe some of the other teachers again across the school. But it's really enabled me to, to feel that sense of belonging there. One of the school's values is belonging. And I said to the head teacher, I felt that the minute I walked through my door for my interview, like the way I was welcomed and the way people interacted with me and the way I witnessed people interacting but actually being in there day in, day out and having that sense of belonging and, and moving on. is a, It's a very hard decision to make. It was a very brave one. I had to be really brave to go and do it. Um, and I think some people don't do it when they should. Yeah. And that's, again, another reason we'd step up the way we wanted that. Not And not just necessarily for leadership roles, but knowing when to move on from, from that teacher development point of view. One of the reasons why I wanted to move on is I loved my previous school, but a lot of us were very early within our career and I wanted to learn from people more experienced and I worked within a fantastic in the year 16 three fantastic teachers all quite senior in their roles in terms of their subject leadership as well and um, also fantastic teachers across the school um, and you can tell that the school has really played to the strengths of the staff in there in terms of the year groups they teach the um, classes they've got and the makeup of those classes and also the subjects they lead and the other areas of responsibility in the way they're really distributed across the school um, which gives me that confidence knowing that when I want to step up there and have the opportunity to step up there that I'll have that support to do so. Yeah that's amazing. So just to finish off just remind us for people so just remind us of the Twitter handle. Yeah. The handle? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. If you want to connect with me personally, my handle is at Mr. B Hobbis. Um, for Step Up, it's at Step Up Net and then underscore um, Ed. And on there is the link to the website and the e newsletters and everything as well. And Ed Connect is at Ed Connect Net. Brilliant. So 
if people want to join you for the launch event, which is on Saturday, yes, they just need to pop onto the, the Twitter. Yeah, so if you go onto the Twitter feed, now we're still, um, obviously the tickets are still live. Um, however, they might not be when you listen to this podcast. Um, but in that case, we will be posting the actual YouTube link onto YouTube and that will be for people if you want to watch it live you can watch it live then but it's also the exact same link for when you want to watch it back as well and we'll also add it onto the virtual events page of our website if you scroll down to the bottom of the virtual events page we've already got there the virtual event archive so if you click when once we've had the event that will be populated with that event brilliant Ben it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me. It's been absolutely wonderful. And the weather is going to be fantastic for the next week or so. So whatever you're doing, have a have a great uh, time. I know you're working most of it, but get out yeah, and, I've got and enjoy two, it. I've got two residential. So I've got year six residential tomorrow oh, and year two residential next week. So hopefully the weather will be nice for some camping and canoeing. and. Oh, amazing. You, you couldn't get better weather. Well, enjoy it. Take care. Thank you. I want to say a big thank you to Ben for coming joining us today and for giving up his time. I know he's very, very busy at the moment preparing for the launch on Saturday. So for him to take the time out to come and talk to us to tell us all about it, it's really, really kind and I really appreciate it. The, there were lots of things to come out of that and I'm sure that if you join the network, it will help you if you are looking for that promotion or if you stuck a little bit and you're finding that it's really hard to get that next step up into middle leadership or into senior leadership I'm sure that there will be lots of opportunities to develop your understanding of interview techniques or how to write an application or just to have that network that will help you to build the resilience to keep going in your search so definitely join the step up network it sounds like it's going to be absolutely brilliant i really wish there'd been something like that i always say this about things that i wish had been around in the past when i was in my middle leader and senior leader roles but i really wish there had been something like this that i could have joined because i feel like i would have gained a significant amount from being in a network like that which really is the reason why I set up the Women Lead Well Network, which I would also highly recommend you join. Or you can sign up for the next cohort of the Women Lead Well Group Coaching Programme, which starts in September. If you're interested in either of those things, email me. It's vicky at weleadwell.co.uk. Or if you'd just like to have a chat with me about anything that you've enjoyed on the show, or you want to let me know about what you're doing and you'd like a a bit of a, a mention on the show just email me at the same email address likewise if you are a head teacher or a senior leader in a school and you would like to explore what coaching could bring to your school in terms of school improvement or improving teaching and learning i would be very happy to have a chat with you again just email me vicky at weleadwell.co.uk or go on the website and complete the form on there and we can arrange to have a chat i love having chats about coaching so I will happily take the time to have a chat with you about it. Now, the weather outside is beautiful and it looks like it's set to stay like this for a week or two. So make sure that you get outside and enjoy it. Go and do something fun and exciting 
maybe even on a school night you could let yourself go out and enjoy some of the summer evening sunshine well that's all we've got time for this week so take care of yourself take care of your staff and lead well this episode of the we lead well podcast was brought to you in partnership with progressive masculinity and head teacher chat <laughs>